I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X Blades with a leprechaun Who plays basketball, come to my smart house Meet my alien sister, don't come hungry Because I'll bet my mom can't cook Hey, welcome! Uh, fish people to another episode of mom can't cook a decom podcast my name is andy and i am one of your hosts for today hey andy you glorious fish boy i'm the other host it's me luke here i am flapping around welcome luke are you ready to talk about the disney channel original movie the 13th year Cody had it all. You are so lucky to be dating Cody Griffin. Feels like I'm king of the world. Until he turned 13. Something seriously wrong with me. And grew some fins. I think you're a mummy. A what? A fish boy? <sighs> As if growing up weren't hard enough. A month ago was completely normal. Imagine having to hide your flippers. Next time I take a bath, I'm probably going to sprout gills and a tail. Die into the 13th year. Sunday at 8, 7 central. You actually think that Cody's a mermaid? Merman. I'm so ready. Not only does it have a mom who certifiably cannot cook in it, but it explains some of the song lyrics. So it's really a slam dunk. It probably should have been episode one, really. Probably but. should have started with it, but there was <laughs> but the smart house. I don't know if you remember, this house was very smart. It was really so. very smart. We had no choice. Um, also, watching 13th Year again, I was really struck by how freaking funny it is. And I'm <laughs> glad that we didn't uh, attempt to do it justice when we weren't warmed up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I, you know, I, I agree. And Smart I, House I, was a good, pra- a fine practice film, but... Yeah, but now we're ready to really dive deep, no pun intended. Oh, that's... Yes, yeah, now would you have done that in episode one? No, I wouldn't. I'd have probably no. been like, hello to the you podcast. Hello, a podcast. Anyway, he's a fish. Last episode, I had my mic the wrong way round, so the, <laughs> I sounded bad. <laughs> Whereas this episode, my mic's the right way round. Do, do you want me to record an episode about the 13th year with my mic facing the wrong way? Exactly. We've, we've, teething problems are fully yeah. toothed now. That's this right. podcast has teeth, adult teeth. And ready to go toe-to-toe with Mark Kermode and Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. In the charts. Toe-to-toe. Exactly. I'm sure if you listen back to the first mm. Kermode and Mayo, they've got their microphones backwards in some of them. <laughs> yeah, Mark Kermode <laughs> keeps crying, saying he's af- he's afraid of the listeners. Tarantino's not put his pop shield on and all his yeah. plosives are coming out. Yeah, and he's got he's just scrolling through foot pictures on his phone. So <laughs> well, that, that's what we were doing, episodes one, two and three. But yeah, now exactly. we're ready to focus up. We're ready to focus and be real now. So okay. let's, let's get to it. The 13th Year, which is a film about a fish boy. Yeah, so to summarise this movie very briefly, uh, it is about a young boy called Cody, and he basically starts to find himself going through changes, quite Mm. fishy changes. He's gaining uh, abilities that the film insists are (laughs) those of a fish. (laughs) Of fish abilities. And it's all about how he balances his new fish powers uh, with his friends doing well at school, his kind of first girlfriend, and also, you know, getting to know his his birth mother. There's a lot going on thematically. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and the film fails to juggle it, so <laughs> all those juggling balls are going to crash to the ground. Um, yeah. where, to, where to begin? Let's begin right at the start. We open on a majestic mermaid She's swimming through the ocean, carrying her baby who is in a net for some reason. <laughs> okay, immediately this made me think about the practicalities of raising a half-human baby beneath the, beneath the waves. Whoa, 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 hang on. Half-human? Well... 
This is a point of content- contention for me. Okay. Why do you assume that Cody is half human? <gasps> oh my god, you're right. He's all mermaid. He's all mermaid. Yeah. Je- all uh, the time. Uh, okay. Okay. You're right. I mean, we'll get it. We'll get into this. He's not half fish, half boy. He's all merman. He's all M- merman. Merman. Yeah, as the film is, it takes great pains to let us know. That aside, it did make me wonder how hard it would be to raise a baby underwater. Yeah, you would never know when its diaper was wet. Well, exactly. Well, when it poops, does it just like go in a cloud? Or? <laughs> it just go in a cloud. <laughs> or like it would hang out the back like a fish. Oh, Probably. Oh, no. Probably. Oh. But <laughs> did, did you think it's strange that the main actor in this film, who plays yeah. Cody, is called uh, Chez Starbuck? Uh, yeah, I've got a note here that says best name in Hollywood. Also, Starbuck is the main character in Moby Dick, right? Well, no, not the main character, but he's the first mate of the people. Oh, Peter. yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, is oh that... Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Theory. Chair Starbuck must be a stage name, but maybe a stage name that was adopted upon landing, <laughs> no pun intended, the role of, um, of Cody in 13th year. The role of a lifetime. So, this mermaid is swimming around with her baby. And if you drop um, the baby, it's just going to go down and down and down. Or will it float to the top? Babies are buoyant, right? Oh, yeah. I've seen the no, I've seen the Nevermind album cover. <laughs> <laughs> so this baby and this mermaid, yeah. they're yeah. swimming around. There's a, a local fisherman. Yeah. And he's he sees the fish, he, the mermaid, and he thinks it's a fish. And he's all like, oh, that's one big fish. It's got to be over 100 pounds. And he starts chasing it. He's got something called a sonar fish finder. Yeah, his, um, his rusty old fishing boat seems to be equipped with US Navy grade tracking technology. <laughs> <laughs> he's chasing this fish and the fish is starting to worry that he's getting close with his boat. So... He, in an act of baby preservation that she maybe didn't think through, <laughs> she stashes the baby in a bag on the on the side of a smaller boat called the Tiki. Yep. And then she sort of swims away and hides behind a buoy and stares. When you say she just stares, what she actually does is what she does the entire way through the film, which is just to have the same vacant smile. Yeah. Uh, the same kind of seductive <laughs> grin. Well, it's clearly worked on the fisherman because he is so sort of, once he discovers it is a mermaid... Yeah. Uh, he sort of is like falling over the place and going, oh, you're beautiful, mermaid. And then he sort of loses his mind and crashes his boat into an island. <laughs> the boat is shown uh, sailing just behind a lighthouse. Mm. And then the camera shakes a bit and there's a crashing noise like like that. And yeah. to that we are from that we are to infer the boat has crashed. But then the man is all rolling around, all stricken and horny. Yeah, and there's and some laughing. steam and stuff, so, you know. So you know what happened. So the baby has been stashed on this boat, mm-hmm. and on the boat are, are a couple. The world's worst people. They're starting people. a new life. <laughs> According to the, uh, the woman in the couple, free from the constraints of a bourgeois capitalist existence. <laughs> By which they mean a tour boat company, right? I don't know if now is the time to get into the mother character here. Oh. But uh, the way she's presented is extremely unlikable. She's extremely unlikable because she finds a baby and picks it up and says, oh, can we keep it? No, you yeah. can't keep it. You can't keep a baby. The woman says, I have an idea. Let's keep him. The man says, no. No, no, of course not. Why did I marry you? And the woman says, the woman says let's call him Cody. And the man says, OK, Cody, it is. <laughs> so that was a short, short argument. <laughs> and then... It smash cuts to 13 years later and young Cody is working on the boat, which is a bad tour boat that costs $5 and is broken and doesn't work. And everyone hates it and it's unpopular, even though there are loads of people on it. They all hate it. Finally free from the constraints of capitalism. (laughs) Welcome to life off the grid. No rat race for us. There's a woman complaining that for $5 she expects a lot more such as snacks. 
You expect the boat to go for five dollars. Yeah, you expect to not have to sit there and watch the captain sort of fix it for yeah. twenty minutes, and then stuff explodes in his face. Dad seems to be inebriated in this scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have written true. down. Uh, I don't know if he is. He's exploded the engine. I mean, what's the point of living outside of the you know capitalist bourgeois society if you can't get you know a little smashed by midday? What I will say is that this touring company they have a lot of people on the boat but those people aren't going to come back there's no repeat custom here because they're having a terrible time yeah and it it's it paints a picture of these parents as being very unsuccessful Mm. and sort of like muddling through and yet they live in a three-story mansion with its own lighthouse yeah right their house is enormous it's ocean facing all the rooms have ocean views it's got a huge oh. yard. It's, a, like I say, at least three stories, probably four with a basement. Oh, I bet it's got a widow's walk. Yeah, it's got a widow's walk. It's a huge oh. oceanfront mansion that they somehow live in and it's never explained. Where did they get that money? Uh, Maybe they're yeah. using the boat to smuggle drugs. I mean... Or potentially they took out a business loan uh, to start their touring company, but then spent all the money on a nice house and there was no money left to buy a good boat that works. So they're left with... The they're tiki. left with the bad boat, yeah. boat that doesn't work. But we get we get a bit more of Cody's life here. Um, he's late for his swim meet. He's on the swim team. Yes, uh, they could be going to regionals, but he Cody could. isn't there, so he has to he has to race to the swim meet. The ferry's leaving. No problem for Cody the swimmer. He just dives right into the bay and swims. Yeah. Well, I, I regret to tell you, Andy. I um I actually did some more maths. Um, oh, but... right. Okay. Good. So Cody he doesn't swim and catch up with the ferry. He ah. misses the ferry jumps into the water and swims past the ferry and gets to where the ferry is going like in about before in, the ferry in roughly half the time that the ferry does so the non-tidal thames speed limit is four, <laughs> is four knots okay okay sure. um and i chose that because you know uh, the ferry obviously is not a quick boat it's pootling you know it's it's a slow boat um on yeah. the thames if you see like a pleasure cruising you know holiday boats and stuff they're probably gonna they're going to be going around four knots that's about 4.6 miles per hour michael okay. phelps can swim at 4.7 miles per hour so cody can already swim roughly twice as fast as an olympic gold medalist <laughs> swimmer Okay. I mean, he is a fish boy. Though, and so he's we wearing, that he is a fish boy and he's wearing his shoes. So my follow-up <laughs> question is, how freaking good is Sean that, that, he, that Cody comes second in his swim meet? I think, yeah, I th- we'll get into this later, but I think Sean is an extremely hard done by character in this film. It's Cody's swim team rival. Yeah, yeah. Let, yeah um, we'll, we'll talk about Sean more later. Do you think it's possible that Cody is deliberately holding back his swimming powers like Spider-Man does? He's got like a limiter on him, like a Dragon Ball Z character. He oh won't activate his ultra instinct power until <laughs> yeah. until later. But yeah, it's <laughs> this whole scene of him swimming to get to his swim meet is intercut with shots of the swim meet. And I just wanted to point out that the coach really does touch the children a lot in this uh, scene. He, yeah. Um, I've, it was quite an uncomfortable amount of touching of the children he was doing. Just going to say, just going to put that out there. The thing that jumped out at, at me also about the coach is that he's wearing a full suit and tie. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he's kind of wandered in from the bank or something. Well, he's, he's you know, he's a professional. But um, they intercut <laughs> shots of everyone getting ready. Yeah. And I, I don't think that they sort of have paced them properly because they've got a scene of Cody sort of running through the city streets as everyone's climbing up onto the diving board. Yeah, I'm that's like, true. It really doesn't seem like he's going to make this. Yeah. And then he he makes it into the building and he's still wearing his shoes and his huge, like, Jenko short jeans. Short. <laughs> like, you cannot... You can, and then he just sort of rips them off 
like tear away stripper pants. You're right. And he's ready. He's ready to swim. Yeah. And a surely exhausted after all that, a surely exhausted Cody is that's still crushing it. That's why he's not swimming uh, as fast that's why, as that's Michael why he Phelps. doesn't quite beat his rival Sean. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to state, and it's the happiest day of the coach's life. So it seems like Cody's got it pretty sweet, or does he? Uh, because his problems begin when we meet... Well, his problems really begin when he starts turning into a fish. But I think in a much <laughs> deeper sense, his problems begin when we meet an absolutely nailed-on classic decom nerd. Um, yeah, so this is the comic relief character, Jess. Oh, Jess. He's wearing a tuba. A su- sousaphone? Not as cool as a tuba, Andy. <laughs> Walks in, popping on his sousaphone, collides with a ladder, falls in the pool, can't swim, sinks to the bottom. <laughs> Drowns under the weight <laughs> of his sousaphone. And is pinned to the bottom of the pool by his sousaphone. <laughs> did, you, did you notice that all the way through the film, when he's carrying his sousaphone, when he bumps into stuff, the sousaphone goes... <laughs> regardless of whether or not he's got his mouth on it. He's got his mouth on it. He's, he's got a haunted nerd sousaphone. <laughs> Maybe it's cursed. That's why it keeps trying to drag him to the depths. But uh, yeah, his yeah. sousaphone remains at the bottom of the pool, and uh, Jess is saved. But at what at what cost? We meet Jess, who is you know who is going to become a, a, a simply a huge force in this narrative. We also meet the character of Sam, who is not a huge force in the narrative, but uh, is clearly an important character to yes Cody. Um, also played by Courtney Draper, who voiced uh, Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite video game fans right isn't that incredible sam is so fancying cody and then outside they have a little kind of cute misunderstanding about whether they're going to walk home together or get a lift and she says in a kind of coy teasing way are you trying to get rid of me to which cody's response is just to hold his smile (laughs) just just turn off his brain yeah Yeah. he just kind of keeps smiling at her unblinking so (laughs) i feel a little sorry for sam Although my sympathies will wane later in the film because she turns out to be fairly unpleasant. And then we get a scene, the fisherman is back out. 13 years. Yeah. Haven't dulled his fisherman spirit. Let's name him Big John Wheatley. Big John. Big John Wheatley. Uh, Everyone's giving him a hard time about his mermaid obsession, including Scully from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, yeah, right. Ragging on him super hard. But then we discover (laughs) that uh, sousaphone loser Jess is his son. Yep. We hear him coming (laughs) because... Crashing into the doors and walls. Now, did you have the same thoughts as as me? Because we we never we never see or even hint at a mother for this character. No. So I think we have to assume that Big John's mermaid sighting 13 years ago got him so horny he went out and conceived a child that very night. I think we we don't know anything about Jess's mum, but we have to assume that she is like the most genetically perfect nerd. Right? Yeah. Because Big John Wheatley is no nerd. I mean, you know. Yeah, he, he's a he's a blue-collar working man. Yeah, blue-collar working man. And yeah, he's very passionate about mermaids and conspiracy yeah. theories surrounding mermaids. For Jess to be in the same year mm. as Cody, yeah. he, has, he has to have been conceived that night. I'm sorry. Any think, later, he's yeah. going into the next school year. I think you're right. I mean, well... He wouldn't be out searching for... He wouldn't be out fishing if his wife had just given birth or if he had a newborn, probably. Uh, the big John Wheatley, who we meet later in the film, is completely obsessed with mermaids. He's willing to put yeah. everything on the line to, to bag that to bag that maid. I think he that saw that mermaid. mermaid. He, hit, he went bar hopping. He saw an enormous nerd. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and then nine months later... Nine months later... The magic little little Jess. Jess with a tiny baby sousaphone was left on his doorstep. 
Yeah. But this is this scene is really just to let us know that um, Big John Wheatley's son is Twist, Jess, the nerd who Jess just nerd. nearly drowned. He doesn't tell his dad, I nearly drowned at school today. I guess he gets the impression that his dad only wants to talk about mermaids. Or that he nearly drowns at school almost every day and it's not worth mentioning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Only nearly so, drowned once today, Dad. Yeah, uh-huh. Great. Yeah. And look, you've come back with your glasses and your backpack. What a day. So then we get we get back to school and Cody is now the most popular guy in school, despite coming second in the swimming race. I wasn't yeah. entirely sure. Again, harsh for Sean. It's like, wow, Cody, you're the most popular guy in school because of your great swimming. And Sean's like, <laughs> excuse me. I, I did win. I'm right here. Yeah, but Cody rocked up rock and roll style with his big boots and did it even though his he was... Jinko shorts. His Jinko shorts and did it even though he was knackered. So. Yeah, you do that, Sean? But yeah, so he's the big man on campus, but he's getting an F in biology. Mm. Um, well, luckily for him, mm. they're moving on to a new area of study, which is marine biology, creatures <laughs> of the deep. Yeah. And he's partnered with a new partner. Who is it? That's right. It's only bloody Jess. Yeah, who is introduced on camera with a sousaphone noise. He's not got his <laughs> sousaphone now, but when Jess is shown on camera... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a medical condition. He just... Yeah makes those sounds at this point we see the first manifestation this is a big one of cody's yeah. impending transformation yeah now there are a number of symptoms as i reel them off we'll we'll start just with this one but you will be struck by how fish like it is yeah he's thirsty all the time <laughs> cody is drinking a ridiculous amount of water like a, a symptom a symptom a of sim- mermaidism like, you know like a like a fish does you know how fish always are drinking water you know fish are just guzzling that water down non-stop yeah, drink, drinking it down gug, 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 gug. yeah maybe it's because he needs to be in water but if he can't be in water then sort of the next best thing is to drink gallons and gallons of it i was wondering if he needs his cells to be saturated um yeah. you know have you seen uh, you've seen free willy right and Free Willy 2. Yeah, if I say I haven't, then you're going to make me watch them. Have so you yes, not seen Free Willy? Be serious. Seen, yeah, of course, of course I've seen Free Willy. I can't tell if you're telling the truth. I haven't, I haven't seen Free Willy, but don't tell Luke. Or you'll you haven't watch. seen Free Willy! This is what happened with hackers, oh have my you, god. Okay, I think I know the answer to this question, Andy. But have you seen Free Willy 2? I've seen all of the Freeze, freeze Willy. You haven't seen Free Willy 1 or 2. Have I've you seen, seen Free Willy 3? Yes, <laughs> I've seen all of them. <laughs> No, you haven't. I love, I love Free Willy. He's my favourite character. <laughs> All right, what species is Free Willy? Whale. Oh, you have seen it. Okay. Fair yes. Um, okay. There, so in Free Willy, as you know, Andy, Free Willy is needing to be constantly needing to hosed. Be constantly hosed. Yeah. Yeah, hosed down. Hosed um, down. When when Free Willy's being transported across country. Yeah. So you, do you think if Cody were being constantly hosed down, he wouldn't need to drink the water? Yeah. I, I think I think for him, it's about making sure that his cell that he's like sodden. His cells are saturated. His cells are saturated with with water, which again, not very fish like, because fish probably sure. have sophisticated defenses to make sure that an enormous amount of salt water isn't in their body. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he's drinking fresh water as well, whereas mermaids yes. are traditionally saltwater. Feature, yes. fishes right they yeah. live in the ocean yeah sure you never you don't get a mermaid in a river no or a canal no, or exactly. a fjord yeah you'd you'd see them easily <laughs> see them in, a, in a second if they I were would, in like yeah. a duck pond hunt them to extinction like that so we've seen the first of cody's uh mermaid symptoms manifest yeah that he's thirsty lots of water thirsty all the time uh and then i think the next scene is his birthday party where mercifully yeah. for us podcasters we find out that the mum can't cook right Yes, thank goodness. Uh, his his mother has made a beet cake. 
It's fat free. And she she obviously is disappointed that everyone hates her cake. And she says, don't you like it? And the dad says, we love it. We like we loved your dairy free tofu as a sort of another glimpse of the terrible cooking that mm. she does. Do you think they know what tofu is? <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking. Because all tofu is dairy it's free. All it's dairy like free. Bean, it's pressed bean curd. <laughs> None of it has got dairy. What do you think it is? It was the 90s. Tofu was a hot new thing on the scene. No one was sure. It would be like now if someone was like, oh, you're, we also love your Satan cake. And you know, no one's really sure what Satan is. Imagine writing a, a real script for a movie that was going into production and not looking up what tofu is. Yeah. Just going, oh, it's probably, probably health food is like dairy-free tofu or something, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah something do. like that. Something okay. like that, isn't it? I am going to be too charitable to the film. I do this, that I'm such a, I'm such a big softy. I'm doing it again, but I'm giving the film the benefits of the doubt. The dad is kind of interrupted and he sort of trails off. He's maybe saying, much as we loved your dairy-free tofu... Maybe there's a dot, dot, dot. Maybe it was going to be like dairy-free tofu turkey. Dairy-free tofu-flavoured ice cream. That's it. That's it. Go. We have to assume that's what we they We have mean. to assume that that's mm. what it was going to be. Tofu yeah. ice cream for that yeah. salty, watery taste. <laughs> so Cody is a big man on campus, right? A lot he's of having his, a great time. He's having a great time. He's having a good birthday party. His friends are showing up. Sean is there. Uh, Jess is there. Uh, but is immediately bullied away. Um, <laughs> Sam yeah. is there, and in the biggest laugh that this film has got for me so far up to this point, her present to Cody is a framed <laughs> photo of herself. Yeah. <laughs> and the frame is covered in fish. <laughs> I didn't notice that! <laughs> yeah. It's got Why? little fish on the outside. <laughs> It's, it's like a professional headshot she had done. It, it, it's such. It is respect to Jess. It is such a powerful move to, to go up to your crush and be like, "Here's your birthday present." It's a framed photo it's, of me. It's one of my headshots. Yeah, it should be like a kind of um, black and white. You know, one of those four-way images, like once she's playing a saxophone, once she's a doctor. <laughs> I've got range. As you see, Cody, I have range, but I'm hoping to land the role of a lifetime, your girlfriend. <laughs> Dr. Clownius. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, she's. It's not, it's not just the picture of her that she's got. She's also got an additional bonus gift. Yeah. A kiss. But what's this? Another symptom of Cody's mermaidism. That's right. Firing electricity from his lips. <laughs> now, at this point... You've seen Cody drinking a lot of water. You've seen him shoot electricity out of his mouth. There's only one conclusion you could draw. This is a merman. (laughs) Mermaid magic came out of his lips. That's Um, a thing. Yeah, it's a thing that can happen. This is probably it's quite sweet, right? It's probably their first kiss. So as far as they're concerned, maybe this is what all kissing is. You know, an enormous static discharge. (laughs) Mermaid magic coming out of. It's like oh, it's probably it's probably there in that video they showed us in health class. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the the party continues. Cody is annoyed that Jess is there despite having invited him. Yeah, uh, the mum is all our little boy is all grown up. It seems like only yesterday we stole this baby. You know, all that. <laughs> Keep it on the DL, mum. Jess got him a book. I mean, f-ing hell, Jess, at least try. It's the kind of it's genuinely the kind of present that like Spock would give Kirk in the sixties Star Trek. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a fairly nice edition. It's got a lovely cover. It's twenty. Sorry, we haven't said it's um twenty. It's twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yeah, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Mm. Also. At this point, Cody's mermum has found him. She's staring at the mansion on the hill in which they're 
Cody family somehow live. So this night, Cody has what I would say is a fairly conventional dream for a boy his age. Yeah. He dives down amongst the kelp for a meeting with uh, a beautiful mermaid in a in a in a seashell bra. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With the with the, with only the small wrinkle that the mermaid is his birth mother. It is. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is the first of s- several. What am I saying? So this is the first of too many dream sequences um, where, where <laughs> Cody is kind of swimming in the ocean. I, I guess we're just supposed to get the idea that the ocean is calling to him, right? Yeah. And whenever they show his mum, she's got a really low frame rate for some reason. I don't know if that's a mermaid power. Yeah, or... possibly. Again, I know I, I know I say this every week, but it's like it's like the movie was running short. <laughs> and they're like, put in a bunch of slow motion mermaid sequences. Just slow it really... down. I would say it's one of the worst things to slow down because it really makes you dwell on the fact that the mermaid birth mum basically won't stop just seductively <laughs> kind of like winking and mooning and eyebrow waggling yeah. at, at her son. Not mooning in the buttocks. No, not well, she can't, can she? She doesn't <laughs> she have buttocks. Then got any buttocks, she yeah. got fishtail. Good, nice. But yeah. Cody is roused from his slumber by the alarm clock going off, but luckily he uses mermaid magic to stop it. <laughs> I mean, we all know it. We've seen Aquaman do it, right? When he shoots electricity from his hands and yeah. electrocutes his alarm clock. So, yeah, he goes down for breakfast, uh, yeah. showing the famous thirst of a mermaid. He downs <laughs> the orange juice, but now the carton is sticking to his hands. You know, like a sticky fish. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a... Another classic symptom of mermaidism. You get Spider-Man hands. (laughs) I can't think of a sticky fish. Can you? No. No, I can't. They later go on to kind of lazily explain away the electricity shooting from his mouth and hands as being like electric (laughs) eel DNA or whatever. Uh But but like... They never explain the stickiness. A sticky... A sticky fish. Like Spider-Man style sticky, and apparently that he has no control over the sort of attach and release mechanism of... Yeah, so it's not tiny hairs like Spider-Man. It's it's clear. It must be some kind of viscous coating. Some kind of fish glue. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. If you take a fish out of the water you and hold it in your hands, you'll find that you'll find that fish is slimy. Yeah. Um, kind of the opposite of sticky, if you think about <laughs> yes. it. I mean, it does... It, yeah, it does feel a lot like... I mean, I'm sure I've seen this exact scene in several Spider-Man films. Yeah. Where something's stuck to his hand and he can't get it off. Yeah, and he's kind of going... With his hand, yeah. trying to shake it down. What? Yeah. At this point, his uh, his mum starts examining her own hands. Uh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm pretty sure this woman had to abandon society due to like major drug burnout. I've um I've just got written down that there may be a gas leak in the house because because <laughs> while because then the dad walks in and starts doing the same thing and briefly the whole family is just standing there turning their hands around slowly yeah. and then smash cut to them all collapse on the, fl- the floor <laughs> smash cut to A and E I'm sorry we couldn't save any of them <laughs> God. yeah that's not really what's happening they all died in a gas leak that's yeah that would explain the rest of the film actually. <laughs> From this point on, yeah, because at this point he's only been thirsty and got static shocks, right? And had a and had a slightly erotic dream about a mermaid. These things are all normal. Can you imagine if the like the film continued as it was, completely normal to the end, and then right at the very end of the of the film there was a, a, like a single frame of the family all dead in the kitchen <laughs> from a gas leak, and that was like the end of Saint Maud. It was like just bam, <laughs> yeah, done, done. like with the same kind of sound. You know, the cut in The Shining where it cuts to Jack Torrance frozen solid. <laughs> yeah. You know, with that same kind of sound and energy. Yeah, done. Done. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, just like the 13th year emblazoned on the screen. <laughs> like the end of Hereditary or something. Yeah. 
But anyway, we carry we carry on, and he's uh, Cody's off to do his science project. Jess is sticking his head in tide pools because it makes the time fly by, and it's good for the skin. Jess makes me sad because, like, yes, he's a nerd. Yes, he's a dork. I mean, you know, cool, join the club. But like, Jess is so consumed with self loathing for his nerd status. Um, this is the point in the film where Jess really started to wind me up, actually, because he keeps self identifying as a nerd. Yeah. In a in a really annoying way, where he's like, uh, "Yes, I'm a nerd, and all nerds do this." And uh, as I think you'll find that I have to go and sit in this tide pool on my own because I'm a nerd, and this is what nerds do. Later on in the film, there's a bit yeah. where there's a fight happening, and he's like, "Hey, you two popular kids, stop fighting! I'm the one who's supposed to be beaten up. What am I supposed to do if I'm not getting beaten up? I'm a nerd, you see." That's who I am. I'm a nerd, so I'm I need to get beaten up. Hit me hard in the face. Where does that fit into my job description? Nerd here. Yeah. Nerds, nerd signing in. <laughs> and I just like, dude, shut out. I'm getting the impression Jess is some kind of nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you might be more popular if you stop going around loudly announcing you're a nerd. He also seems to be alienating other nerds because he says, nerds don't really have friends. We have hobbies. Some pick Star Trek or Dungeons and Dragons, but I pick this. This being ramming my head into a tide <laughs> into pool. Tide pools. And then, then he says, I'm not doing your work for you, unless, of course, you plan to beat me up. Like he, like he, like he yes. wants him to. Like he's sort of going, unless, uh, you know. Jess is trying to get beaten up. <laughs> Don't beat me up. Unless. Unless you want to. Unless. you want to hit me. Yeah. I won't tell anyone. Yeah. Go on, hit me now. Just, just give me a tap, see how it feels. <laughs> yeah, you might like, like it. Jess, what are you doing? What is this? So yeah, um, Cody is going to help Jess learn to swim um, because Jess can't swim and makes it his whole personality. Um, yeah. And Despite uh, living by the ocean, having a father who's a boat captain, <laughs> going to a school where swimming is the varsity sport. Despite all this, Jess cannot swim. In exchange for learning to swim from Cody, uh, Jess is going to help Cody with biology. Uh, and they go to shake on it. However, Cody is shocked to find his palm covered with iridescent scales. Tell you what, you help me with biology and I'll do whatever you want. Teach me to swim. You serious? Teach me how to not drown, and I'll take it from there. <laughs> Too easy, deal. Whoa! I I've huh? never seen anything like that before. Well, I have, but on frogs and lizards and stuff. Now, Jess does not react sensitively to what is clearly a, a skin <laughs> condition. If I shook hands with someone with iridescent scales, I would do everything in my power to control my face and give nothing away that I'd even noticed it or that it was a problem. Yeah, there's a medical condition called ichthyosis, which causes uh, kind of dry fish scale type Which skin. Jess probably knows about, being a nerd about being a, fishes. Yeah, exactly. uh, but no, Jess is like, oh, whoa, weird. Oh, you're some kind of fish monster. There is nothing redeeming about Jess. No. It's the worst character in this <laughs> So these scales seem to only appear when Cody gets wet. Um, the, the film does kind of suggest that sometimes they appear and sometimes they don't, but then doesn't really follow through with any kind of answers or rules as to what is happening or why it's happening. So mm. it's fine. It's all just part of the, the glorious 13th year. The rich tapestry of Cody's fish boyism. Exactly. Although, you know, to be fair, at least scales are a thing that you associate with fish, um, unlike literally everything else that's happening to him. Yeah. So Cody goes around to Jess's house to help study this scene exists to sort of just underline uh big john's mermaid obsession yeah the boys are home from school 
and uh, he walks in and immediately asks if anyone's ever seen a mermaid. <laughs> Cody says, is he always like that? And Jess says, like what? Oh, you know, like talking about mermaids and being sinister. Oh, like that. Yeah, he's always like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's no, always he being sinister and talking about mermaids. Yeah, Lurking non-stop. in the corner. I mean, poor mermaids. Cody. I mean, he's just, you know, gone round to his friend's house. He has no idea he's walked right into the, li- the lion's den. Because um, yeah. he meets big John Wheatley and Wheatley smells blood in the water, I think, doesn't he? he obviously, <laughs> at this point, Cody's not really giving much away. But there's just a significant look from big John Wheatley as if to say... I know you're I'm a merman and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on to you, fish boy. I know you're a fish boy. Hey, fish boy, those, those scales are going to look real good mounted on my wall. <laughs> of course, Luke, the good thing about uh, Cody becoming a merman is that his upper body remains unchanged, which means he can still fit into the many fine T-shirts and jackets available at Insert Coin Clothing, who are very kindly and generously sponsoring this episode of Mom Can't Cook. Yeah, I mean, they'll be ruined as soon as he goes in the water, but, you know, there's, uh, to be fair to Insert Coin, you, you can't expect them to make clothes that survive a lifetime under the sea. I mean, the pressures. That T-shirt's going to be crushed. The, fa- the, fa- the fathoms deep <laughs> in the Mariana Trench. You can't, you can't expect T-shirts from such ranges as Dark Souls, Deathloop, Demon Souls, and Doom. No. To just mention the Ds. They'd be crushed up like a little aluminium can made of high quality t shirts. You can't expect outside Xbox merch, that's right, those guys, or even Sega Mega Drive, or Hideo Kojima, or Resident Evil. Those are great IPs, but they're not meant to be worn in the Mariana Trench. No. It should, say that, it should really say that on the product description. You know what? I think it does. I think when you actually order something online, at the bottom of the confirmation email, it just, you know, says, like, don't wear this into the Mariana Trench. But why not find out for yourself? Because if you want to buy something from insertcoinclothing.com, and I think if you go to that URL, you'll find that you do because their clothes are extremely cool and rad, then we have a special code for you folks, for all you uh, fish fellows out there. You can use the code, you ready? Mm-hmm. Unlucky for chum. I see. That's unlucky for chum, C-H-U-M. You know, as in the kind of gore you feed to a shark. Sure. Uh, unlucky for chum. <laughs> and you can use that code to get 15% off your online orders. Not uh, applicable on charity items, bundles, gift cards, postage, and some products at launch. Codes can't be combined with other deals and promotions, and that code is valid until the end of 2022. So, yeah, so get yourself a t-shirt or a jacket or something else cool and be guaranteed that even if you do grow a fishtail, you'll still be able to wear it. So Cody is at his wit's end. The mermaidism symptoms are ex- expanding. Yeah, They're gaining escalating. pace. Yeah. He's always thirsty. He keeps shocking people. <laughs> he keeps getting a green scaly rash. He goes to his parents distraught. He says, maybe I inherited a weird disease from my other parents. So he does know. Cody knows that he was adopted. Yeah. Um, which is, is good because his mother hates doctors. Oh she my describes, gosh! She describes them as quacks with stethoscopes and says that natural medicine will cure it. Yeah, she says, uh, and this is a quote: "No doctor lays a hand on my baby." Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess she's like a kind of anti-vaxxer. I anti-vaxxer. mean, add it to her list of sure. crimes. Uh, yeah. But then we cut to the next scene, and it turns out that she did acupuncture on Cody to try and cure his fishboyism. Yeah, right. He's producing electricity. He gets stuck to the ceiling, like in Spider-Man. Yeah, okay, uh, not just like stuff sticking to him like he's a bit sticky. He, the, the parents find him clinging to the ceiling. Like exactly like Spider-Man. Exactly like Spider-Man and not at all like 
anything in the sea. <laughs> so did you see that uh, Cody's bedroom door has a poster on it on the inside or the outside uh, so it's on the inside of his bedroom he's got yeah. a poster on his bedroom door and the poster is blurred out um now i went frame by frame to try and see if they'd like <laughs> forgotten to blur it at any point because i'm just so desperate okay. to know what's on this poster that they had to blur out it's probably just a brand or something they couldn't get clearance for but i'm incredibly curious so um what i'm basically asking is listeners do just take a little peek at that scene and maybe, because it's blurry, but perhaps you'll recognise the colours or the, the general... Shape. Sh- yeah, the shape or something. Maybe it's a poster you had on your door. I really yeah. want to know. I just, this is just because I just want to know what Cody's into. It's probably a great big picture of a fish. It's probably Free Willy and they couldn't get clearance. It's probably Spider-Man. <laughs> and they said, uh, we're letting you get away with quite a lot already. Well, it's on Disney so. Plus. You know, unblur That's it true. now. Yeah, yeah, now you can put it on there. Yeah. You own it. It's yeah. fine. Just re-release 13th year and say it's new Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man has got a lot of fish-based powers now. He's bitten by a radioactive you could, fish. You could get a real long way into the third. If someone said, this is the new Spider-Man, it's a, it's a new origin story. It's about Peter Parker, but now he lives by the bay. You could get really far into this film before you were like... Sorry, what? Hang on. Hang um, on. Why is there's a lot of fish stuff in this? Is this really? Yes. Yeah. But the, the doctor comes around. He says uh, he does some tests, and then he says, "Cody, I'd like to talk to you alone." And the parents go, "Okay, fine," and leave. Yeah. Which again, considering his mu- his mum's inherent mistrust of doctors. I know. Seems... Well, I mean, you're you're fair enough to the mum. I'd be mistrustful of doctors if this was my local doctor. Yeah. If he was like, "Leave me alone with your teenage son for a while," I'd like to talk to him. Yeah. Alone. So you know, we we've literally seen him stuck to the ceiling and he is you know provably demonstrably getting like fish scales all over his hands and shooting electricity out of his yeah. mouth and the doctor's only <laughs> diagnosis is that he's medically pubic <laughs> you know, I, I diagnose puberty I, says the doctor it's puberty yeah <sighs> the worst case i've ever seen <laughs> I'm afraid it's an advanced case. <laughs> Terminal case of puberty. I mean, what are you to think? If you're yeah. Cody and a medical professional tells you this is puberty, you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> I guess it's so much worse than I thought. Well, anyway, to move things on, we then cut to Jess powerfully drowning. <laughs> Cody <laughs> Cody is the worst swim teacher ever. And it, <laughs> Jess surfaces, spits out a lung full of water and then says, I haven't gone through puberty yet. <laughs> Do yourself a favour, Jess. I cannot with this character. (laughs) Jess decides to, you know, he does what any good nerd would do and goes deep into the science of what's happening to Cody. And we have a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant montage, yeah, of medical tests. You know, typical fish things like he can light up a bulb when he holds it in his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always like Uncle Fester putting a light bulb (laughs) in their mouth and lighting it up. Also... He can command fish, not just talk to fish. He has the Aquaman ability yeah. to command fish. He tells one to jump and the fish flings itself out of its tank to, to, its, death. to its death willingly. Yes, <laughs> master. Command an army of fish. This is the fish power that I'm most disappointed that the film doesn't follow through on. I mean, this is the only time he uses it in the whole film. Yeah, it, it, he, it never comes in useful. The yeah. other thing that Cody says is that he feels right in the water. Yeah, his, power, his powers do get worse when he gets wet and yet he won't stay away well he can't stay away can he because um i mean you know the the big what is it they're going to regionals or nationals or regionals yeah it's the biggest day in the coach's life you know (laughs) 
all of this is um, leading to Jess getting really into the mermaid research. Uh, we show they show him studying a picture of the widely discredited and debunked <laughs> Fiji mermaid, which which I, was a monkey in a fish. <laughs> and also, if you were like, I wonder if my friend is a mermaid, and then you looked at that, believing it to be a mermaid, you'd be like, Well, no, my friend isn't a little he shriveled up the- monkey in a t- yeah with a tuna nailed to its bum. So- his dad comes. His dad comes in and is like, Oh, son. I see that you two are going down the rabbit hole that has ruined my own life. Welcome. It's like I keep I keep this picture of a widely debunked mermaid <laughs> scientist here to remind myself that someone is worse at mermaids than I am. <laughs> Big John Wheatley then tells the tale of uh, Matt's Nesland. Did you Google Matt's Nesland to see if they were real? No. According to Big John Wheatley, yeah, it's it's a Swedish uh, scientist who claimed that mermaids were real and, you know, wow. had his career ruined as a result. Mats Nusland is a Swedish former ice hockey player. Uh, he played as a left winger, so... Did he see a mermaid under the ice? To my shame, I actually did scan his Wikipedia page to see if there was any mention of mermaids, or like, <laughs> mermaids. as well as being an ice hockey player, he authored a paper on um, whether mermaids are real or not. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't, I don't but, think he did. But this is where we get the explanation that, crucially, in the 13th year the fish half starts taking over the human half. Jess says to his dad, Dad, I don't quite understand this passage. Young people can walk among humans. Their physiology only manifests when they reach their 13th year. It's a really self-explanatory <laughs> How sentence. are you expecting your dad to clarify that? <laughs> so clar- clarified already. But yeah, the, the young people look just like regular humans until they turn 13, and that's when they turn into mermaids. Jess brings all of his findings to Cody right and he mm-hmm. d- he drops the bombshell he delivers the dynamite diagnosis that he believes him to be a fish boy so then Cody shows his parents right uh Cody shows his parents the scales um mm-hmm. because he's thinking you know maybe my uh, you know maybe my biological parents have, have have something to do with this maybe they're mer people too i think this is the time to tell Cody that they found him randomly on a boat, which they yeah. don't mention. <laughs> no, you think that would come up. Well, his parents, while explaining this, they also mentioned that they found the baby, they went to the police, but no one claimed you, so we were allowed to keep you, which I'm pretty sure isn't how that works. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I think... It's I, not like a wallet. I would be so suspicious of that those parents took the baby and then went to the police and said, we found this baby, can we keep it? Maybe yeah, let's wait like a year. Killed the, killed the parents. Don't worry, the parents won't be showing no, up. Oh yeah, that, that's not going to be a problem. So when can we take the baby? The parents are a little tied <laughs> up. <laughs> so maybe At the we bottom can... of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works His for that exact reason. His name is Cody. <laughs> Doctors aren't real. <laughs> Yeah, I see no problem with this. Yeah. Maybe the doctor in this harbour is also the, you know, the adoption council or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so they say, stay out of the water. Uh, he reluctantly agrees. Then he, try- he tries to eat some fish food, <laughs> which is... And, and you know what? He tries to eat some fish food and he doesn't like the taste. And the film yeah. treats Cody as if that was a stupid thing to do. Which it isn't, but, because yeah. it would be completely coherent with the logic of this dumb film that he does love <laughs> fish food and gains nutritional benefit from eating it. I mean, maybe fish don't like the taste of fish food. It's just what they're given. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe Cody could live on just fish yeah. food, just hating it all the while. Have you ever eaten fish food, Andy? Uh, no, I haven't. Have you? No. Given it a try? <laughs> no. A flake or two? <laughs> no, not even a flake or two. Okay. And you've seen Free Willy. Let's move on. <laughs> well, his mother is frantic that they'll ship uh, Cody off to a military medical facility. Yeah. And I just started to imagine the military applications of fish boys. 
Well, I mean, I mean imagine imagine a, a platoon of soldiers sprinting <laughs> across the battlefield, firing little electric bits from their mouth, sticking to yeah. things. You could stick to your gun, so when the enemy tried to wrestle your gun away from you, you were stuck to it. That'd be good. Cody Griffin will be the first of many. <laughs> my army of fish boys will march out of my laboratories, sweeping aside every nation, every creed. <laughs> Until the whole planet <laughs> is in the loving grip of the Pax Fish Boyonica. Uh, I mean, what else could you do? I suppose um... you could fire them out of torpedo tubes. Oh, you know what? They could yeah. attach mines to ships. No, because the mines would be stuck to their hands. Unfortunately, oh, yeah, that's so they <laughs> would quickly be blown up instantly. Yeah, I mean, they've already trained dolphins to do that. There's no need. Yeah, it didn't go well. Oh yeah. Oh, well, being uh, being able to command fish, that could be genuinely useful. All you need to do is trick a, an enemy general to take a dip in the ocean, and then what's this? Swarmed by sharks? Yeah, prodded by dolphins. Prodded by, yeah. <laughs> dolphins Dolphins would kill you. They'll prod you. They'll prod you and prod They'll you prod senses. You down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cody, having been told to stay out of the water, yes. then dives in. Swims out his, to sea. <laughs> his mermaid mum swims up and watches, but then just sort of lurks there and hides. Yeah. And then f- off. This is this is another another <laughs> problem. This is another problem with his fish mom's lack of uh, emoting. Right, even at the beginning when her child is being taken away, her expression is look like she looks like she's getting a tattoo. You know, imagine mm. the face you'd make when you're getting a tattoo. Just kind of like ooh, uh, mm. you know, that's the face. Yeah. That's the face acting she's doing when her child is taken from her. So it kind of makes sense that then when she you know finally is face to face with her child again, she just sort of grins coquettishly. Um, and then leaves Cody surely assumes that this mermaid is in love with him right <laughs> yeah I mean he has no no reason to think any that that's his mum he I mean it's a beautiful woman who's smiling seductively at him yeah I guess he's coming around to the mermaid idea wait so hang on so until they're 13 right mer people are just normal people but they live in the water how have we got this far and not thought about this do they yeah why is the baby in the water because big John Wheatley says at in the 13th year, the fish half starts taking over the human half, right? So that baby must be quite fishy already or else, I mean, it would, you know, it would be drowning. It would un- drown it, yeah. Underwater. But I, so I guess he can breathe underwater. The, but, but Cody so can't they just have thir- They have 13 years of having a human body. Yeah. But living in like the Mer people kingdom or whatever. Yeah, very so difficult years. Yeah, they've just, they just can't <laughs> swim properly and they haven't got any like fins. I guess we have they to can't assume... fire electricity, which I guess is a real survival skill you need down there. We have to assume that mermaid tweens walk among us. The film never mentions, even if there are any other mermaids anywhere. No, although Big John Wheatley seems sure. I think like but you know <sighs> so do they all like leave their babies on the land to be raised by humans and then come back for them? Yeah, maybe this maybe this wasn't occurrence? a kind of act of desperation on behalf of Fishmon. Maybe this was just the way it's done, the thing you do. But no, it's 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 played exactly as an act of desperation and that the normal thing was that she was that she would be with her child yeah. under the water, but the child has no, is not is a human. So baby. I guess so I guess what you'd have to do. Okay, right. Look, your fish mom, you've given birth to right. a baby. Oh, it's, man, what a blessed event. It's a human baby. Let's say it can breathe underwater and that's fine. But broadly speaking, what you must be expected to do is put it on land so that it can survive and walk around and breathe and eat human food. Mm. You, however, must remain in the water and you kind of raise it from there. From afar by sort of like looking at it. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> going, look, find an enclosed cove. Put the baby in the cove and you just sort of swim up regularly with 
food and i guess like i guess maybe you could get human food as a mermaid oh so you're saying they have to they have to raise the land baby from the sea yeah well yeah of course they do you know like fish mom like a series of poles (laughs) poles and pulleys and levers and ropes and stuff (laughs) and you know i guess you'd be like oh i guess the baby wants you know being human at this stage wants bread and stuff so you'd have to find i guess you know a load of thrown away bread that's been dumped in the sea and (laughs) bring it to the cove and, and then put it on a pole it on a pole and just pull that into your toddler's mouth <laughs> see and you know, I can see why there aren't many mermaids. just just basically like swim up to the surface with a blackboard that you've found and you know <laughs> to just, educate to educate it it's like, hey hey look over look over here cody Maybe that's why she was near the salvage yard. She was looking for schooling equipment. <laughs> looking for teaching aids. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've been thrown in the ocean. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this, this, this f***ing movie. Before Cody gets to the swim meet, we have a, a scene where Sam finds him at the beach, having just had this kind of sw- sensual swim with his mother, where he sort of thrashes around, thrashes around and does flips. Uh, and Sam finds him sat on the beach, transformed. He has to bury his fin hands in sand. Now, Andy, what would you assume that Cody had been doing? Serious question. That's not like innuendo. I genuinely want to know. If you went to meet Cody, he sat, mm-hmm. it's the morning, he sat on the beach, he's in his swim shorts, but his hands are buried in sand. I don't think I would necessarily uh, intuit sinister intent. Like, sometimes sure. it's fun to just put, you push your hands into the sand, isn't it? He could be looking for, for cockles or... Um, for Yeah. For... Or, second thought is he's hidden something. Yeah, like... A cigarette or something. Yeah. yeah, like he's smoking. Yeah, he's doing something naughty. Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. A blue magazine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was- he goes down to the beach to enjoy it. <laughs> to enjoy his blue magazine. <laughs> yeah. Blue. I was like about 80 years old. <laughs> blue, blue, blue magazine. Magazines. No, it was the 90s. <laughs> okay. He, he found it in a bush. We then cut to the state finals. Yeah. It's the Super, the super Bowl of swimming. Yeah, I mean, and fine, the- if you say so. Yeah. And the uh, the swimming coach, who previously had been touching the children a lot, yeah. is delivering a rousing speech from a secret room he has with an observation window. Okay, okay. Where he can watch all the children swimming. I'm not being funny, Andy. I'm not being funny. You would not think that room was so weird if you'd seen Free Willy. Because it is. Okay, fine. <laughs> Although that is SeaWorld, not a kid's pool at a school, to be fair. Right. Cody's using his fish powers and he's absolutely slaying at the swim meet. He wins the race. He actually sets a new state record right which, but sean is keeping pace with him for most of the race yeah which is again very impressive it's tight two people get a glimpse of cody's fish situation one is yeah. sean who kind of glimpsed the glimpse sees, sees the, sees the flippers. flippers he's got these kind of flipper growths on his arms the other yeah. is big john wheatley who and i guess no one told him this wasn't okay has showed up to the swim meet if you don't have a kid competing in the swim meet <laughs> you can't show up to watch with binoculars okay <laughs> Also, Cody Cody knows the risks, right? And yet upon winning, he can't stop himself waving his arm, fin arms around in the air. Yeah. Uh, and then somehow he explodes the scoreboard using electric powers. Yeah, well, he electrocutes the pool, which should by rights kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, I've got that written down. Every child should have been boiled alive. But in fact, he, he electrocutes the scoreboard Yeah, uh, and he flees. Sean is rightly outraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody is using performance-enhancing fins. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and I think that Sean is 100% correct in his anger because he has worked hard, he's trained hard, and he was the best. Yeah. And now Cody is using an unfair advantage to, to beat him. Okay, so Sean, Sean threatens Cody 
uh, you know, says that he's going to, uh, you know, find his secret, um, sort him out. Cody is clinging, <laughs> clinging fish-like to the ceiling. Sort of like a, like a regular old like fish. Like a fish he's would do. Stuck to the ceiling. Stuck to the ceiling. Uh, and that's how he evades him. Um, and then... Sam, Sam dumps him for being a fish. Sam dumps him for being a fish. Uh, yeah, because now the secret's out. So Sam finds Cody's parents blow-drying his arms. Jess is also there. <laughs> the secret's out. She's furious, abandons him in his hour of need, um, which is not very nice, I think. Sean confronts Cody and he's at school the next day. And he says, what was it, Cody? Steroids? Pills? I guess cheating's the only way you can beat me. He's not wrong. Again, he is not wrong. That's the bit where Jess in- intervenes and says, hey, look, if anyone's going to get beaten up here, it's me. Please beat me up, please. It's just as well because Sean's starting a fight with Cody. He's he's take- he's really taken his life in his hands. Doesn't he know that this boy has fish power? He could shoot yeah. a beam of electricity out of his mouth and explode his head. <laughs> he, he could stick to you. He could, he could, oh, you know what powerfully. he could do? He could, um, he could sort of slam his hands on either side of Sean's head, engage sticking power and just tear all the skin off his skull. Easily do it. Easily do Easily it. kill him. He could easily yeah. do it. Um, he could then- order a fish to jump up his... <laughs> up his <laughs> up his bum he could order a puffer fish to go down his throat and then to put out all its spots oh that's good yeah and it would have to do it because he can command fish you're, hey Cody your number's up I'm going to beat you senseless and be like oh yeah Sean remember earlier when you ate all of those puffer fish I gave you your breakfast yeah well guess what puffer fish activate and then <laughs> they all burst out of him like when you get death blight in Elden Ring yeah it, just a bloody ruin where oh, Sean man. used to stand but none of that happens in fact nothing really happens to Sean he just goes away at this point <laughs> well yeah and is never yeah. seen again but we, we've is... reached the decom acceleration point where the film has to wrap up too quickly and basically everything is everything now is going to resolve extremely yeah. rapidly uh, Cody is on the beach with Jess he says I can't believe they think I cheated you did cheat you cheated (laughs) he's like i can't talk to anyone about this i can only talk to you about this jess and then jess says i love you too and they fall to the floor in an embrace and then the screen fades to roll around wrestling romantically (laughs) on the beach which is quite sweet i mean fine i think they could have hinted at that a bit more before if that's the direction they were going in but it sort of came out of left field but okay so fine so that night cody swims again and finds his mother who again is just kind of grinning inanely, but this time she does sort of hold up her hand and her hand glows brightly. I guess that's a yeah. She's a being of pure to the list. She can't rationalise like a human. She's got a fish's mind. But does that mean that Cody's brain is going to like basically turn to mush because regress into fish yeah, brain? It seems kind of sad, especially sad she can't for Cody's parents. Talk. She can't talk or like make herself understood in any sort of way. So so anyway, she she's going to give him the glowing hand treatment. But oh no, what's this? BJW has sprung his trap big john wheatley he's out there he is on the warpath he's attached a huge net to his boat uh he's yeah. going full jaws he's he's testing his net and going ha 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 in a sort of quite unhinged way <laughs> yeah unhinged is actually what i have written down as well I think that's oh good the word <laughs> isn't it yeah so jess seeing his father going on a mermaid hunt uh races to warn cody because his best friend is a mermaid and he doesn't want cody to get hunted <laughs> Um, but then he finds out that Cody's gone to the cove to meet Sam. Sam, who is like, why didn't you tell me you're a mermaid? I'm not just anyone. You can tell me these things. Although he did tell mm. her and she reacted and terribly. She, she dumped him for being a fish. <laughs> but then suddenly there's pain and one of Cody's legs turns into a tail, but only one of them. It's not been this way, really. It doesn't seem to affect him or hurt him when he when he gets all scaly previously but uh, but at this point yeah it, it's kind of like a he's stricken with a medical emergency it's agonizing isn't it to, yeah. to look at he's like then unconscious jess's dad gets him on his boat 
Yeah. But he won't let him in the water. He's like, I need to be in the water, but he won't let him. And now Cody has two tail legs. And he's like, I'm changing fast, Jess. You've got to get me in the water. But Jess, Jess's dad is ready to catch. He's got he's got the net ready for when the mermaid turns up. So, I mean, you know, show up, fish mum does, because I, I, I don't know, maybe she's trying to rescue her son. Maybe she's just swimming around at random. We can't really yeah. scry her motivations even sure. a little bit. An unknowable creature of the sea. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, she does swim stupidly into his massive, obvious nets and then doesn't think to swim out the bottom, which, yeah. I mean, you know, there is a big hole in it. The hole Again. you went in, you can go out that hole. A being of pure instinct. In a moment of desperation with nowhere else to turn who should save cody of course it's mm. jess who jess who we've established can't swim yeah it in- falls into the <laughs> i would say in for a disney channel original movie a rare case of following through on a bit like a you know on a plot thread it actually turns out to be important to the story that jess tries to swim but everyone is saved the only thing i have written down here is that wouldn't it have been so great if the fish mom had killed jess like just at the point where jess cuts open that net imagine if the fish mom just burst out and just tore jess's throat out or imagine if uh jess swims down with the knife and the fish mom gratefully swims up and he's like see you in hell <laughs> you'll never take cody from me yeah. we've rolled around on the beach romantically <laughs> your head's gonna look real good mounted on my dad's boat oh my god Bam. yeah just and he's like yeah you did it son the killing and blow they, or or yeah. not telling his dad coming up and being like cody i'm sorry there was nothing i could do my dad killed your fish mom and i guess in a way we've both lost a parent now haven't we um so we mm. have something else in common anyway something else in common and then they fall tumble to the beach <laughs> tumble, to the, <laughs> tumble to the beach and stick their heads in a in a tide <laughs> pool yeah but um yeah so he he does free the mermaid mum yeah ruining ruining his dad's life yeah and now he's being pulled under by the net so as pro- as prophesized jess is dying in water we get <laughs> we get the, just the most brutal shot of a drowned Jess being pulled down through the water. Yeah. He has died of drowning. It's pretty savage, actually, isn't He's it? He's sinking to the bottom. But luckily, Cody is a strong fish boy. Yeah. He manages to swim down there and How get him. How does Cody get off the boat? Do we see? No. <laughs> All right, then. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Cody but can't get... get off the boat. Cody desperately wants to get off the boat. Yeah. Next thing and now we he see, can get off the boat. Cody's off the boat. Cody got off the boat. Maybe BJW, okay. um, you know sort of tips him over the side flopped him in to save his son no 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 because hang on at that point doesn't bjw jump into the sea he's like oh no but he's unable yeah he's just sort of scanning the surface yeah which is a man who deals with like underwater salvage on a daily basis he's shouting where are you jess jess is underwater he can't hear that (laughs) but yeah jess is dead of drowning and they drag him ashore and uh, they're all trying to revive Jess. Cody's mum seems to be on board with modern medicine now that she's doing CPR yeah. on him. If the mum knows CPR, why doesn't she do the kiss of life? But she's just like, I'm going to pump the chest. Now, Sam, you do the kiss. You work the mouth. You work the mouth. Like, just do the yeah. whole thing. You're you're clearly trained. But no, I guess maybe she wants Jess to die. Or maybe she wants Jess to have made out before dying. <laughs> Sam, do Jess, sure. do Jess a kindness and kiss him once. Yeah. But then, uh, luckily, Cody has the electric powers of a fish. Sure. And he's, so he's able to shock him, which isn't for that. No. But it does bring him back to life. That's not for that. Somehow it restarts his heart. I think that voltage has to be quite specific. Yeah, um, and also, it's to shock hearts out of fibrillation, right? It's not to restart. Then the, then the fish mum shows up, and Dad just looks at her and just says loudly and slowly, She's beautiful. <laughs> and he goes out there very nice. He conceives another child. <laughs> 
<laughs> the cycle begins yeah. anew. <laughs> the mermaid wants Cody to go with her. She's the only one who can help me with my changes, he says. Mm. So this 13-year-old boy who has lived his entire life as a human now has to go and live in the ocean with a mute fish woman. Yeah. I, who, I guess in the kingdom of the fish people? I don't is that a think thing? there is such a kingdom. I think these are like lone species. I don't think he's going to see another mermaid the whole rest of his life. <laughs> but then the mother's lock eyes and the human mum knows oh, yeah. that Cody belongs to the ocean now. Which is total BS because she's so protective over Cody. And also you don't have to be an overprotective mum to not want your child. <laughs> so you've, raised, at the bottom of the ocean. you've raced for 13 years to go and live underwater. You don't know what's going to happen to him. I would think, I think that fish mum's going to eat him. But then she's making the, a face the, like she's going to eat him. I, uh, presumably through telepathy, mm. the fish mum oh, a mother knows communicates mm. communicates to the human mum, yeah. and then the human mum says she promises to have you back before school starts. What? How did you know that? Also, aren't are the aren't the fish legs permanent? Yeah, these these are like permanent changes. He's still wearing jorts and has two tails at this point. Yeah, promises to have you back on land where you'll quickly die. I just I just think this film has not established any mermaid law whatsoever and so when it when it finishes it's like there's no future for cody he's he's too human for the fish people too fish for the human people yeah he's he's a boy without a a people that's the best they can do isn't it the cute line he'll have you back before school starts what about when he's 30 What does that mean you'll have him back? Will he still have fish legs? It's never explained. How will he live under the water? It's never explained. Is there a society of mermaids? It's never explained. Is his mum the only fish person? It's never explained. Like, what is... What's he going to do? Andy, in in answer to all your questions, I would just ask you to imagine the fish mum just just smiling at you. (laughs) Okay, well, that goes some way towards calming. While some pan pipes He's... He's a boy who's great. He's grown up all his life as a human. He's got favourite TV shows and favourite foods. What's he going to eat? <laughs> he's going to eat kelp, I guess. He's got friends. He's got hobbies. He can speak English. Well, now his hobbies are survival. <laughs> I guess you just sit in an underwater cave occasionally, like, you know, like a wild animal does. You go out when you need to eat. And apart from that, you sleep and try and conserve energy, live as long as you can. Maybe once a year, there's a mating season. That's it. I, th- I honestly think... The best case scenario for uh, Cody's future is <laughs> touring with a travelling freak show. <laughs> <laughs> Where at least he'll be looked after and can mingle with humans. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, who are, you know, who he can he, talk to and have relationships with. What if he gets, with? like, Shape of Water? That'd be pretty good. Nice yeah. government facility that he can paddle around in. Fall in exactly. love. Yeah. Yeah, while well, they <laughs> work through the military applications of fish boys. <laughs> An army of fish boys sweeping across the continent. <laughs> marching out of the laboratory. Well, not marching, they don't have legs. <laughs> flopping, flopping just outside the doors to the laboratory. <laughs> Before quietly expiring in the hot sun. <laughs> but the film ends in a very optimistic way, which is absolutely not supported by the events that have happened. Cody waves goodbye to his friends and family, and then mother and son swim off towards the sun. Panpipes are playing. They slowly fade down. And then the wildest song I've ever heard in my life starts playing. <laughs> yeah, um, all right. If you don't want to watch 13th Year, which is totally fair enough, this imagine what Andy just said. Then this song starts over the credits. Feeling kind of lucky. This girl really likes me. Never thought that love would tempt my heart. At the beach together, nothing seems to matter. 
odd. It's not just lyrically weird, although it is that. It it's is musically odd. It's kind of got this odd, dissonant, lilting vibe. The vocal performance is very bizarre. I- I don't know what he's trying to evoke with this voice. Never thought that love would tip my heart. Tip my heart. I guess it's supposed to. What? This song obviously was written with with only like one or two lines explaining the plot of 13th Year. Right. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, pity the songwriter. He's like, OK, I guess it's a kind of teenager. It's a kind of puberty metaphor. I mean, do you, do you just want to read out the lyrics, Andy? Could you just read the whole Yeah, let's, let's read out the lyrics. OK, let me get them up here. Feeling kind of lucky. This girl really likes me. Never thought that love would tip my heart. Fine. Normal and fine. <laughs> At the beach together. Nothing seems to matter. Till she sees a flounder can't tell us apart. Have you t- just Google what a flounder looks like, right? <laughs> Again, look at, the, look at this. Look at this thing. This flat brown fish. She cannot tell the difference between that and the boyfriend character in this song. And somehow that's the problem point. That's the point where she goes... He's a flounder. Hang on a He's second. He's a fish boy. I'm a little worried. My palms are kind of clammy because sitting at a sushi bar is my greatest fear. But palms are kind of clammy. You have to admit a clam is a fish thing. So pretty good there. Ah, oh, pretty. Clammy. But his palms aren't kind of clammy. They're kind of sticky. Yeah, his palms are sticky. Yeah. My palms are <laughs> kind of just... sticky. Slam yeah. my fist into the sushi. It all sticks to my fist. <laughs> God, no, why? <laughs> Electricity shoots out of my mouth. It's it's such a such a wild song to finish this film with. It's so dissonant yeah. and completely at odds with the rest of the film. And this you pointed this out to me. That's actually the motif of the song plays throughout the film, which I didn't realise the first time I watched it, because yeah. obviously I'd never heard this terrible song. Yeah. But there's a few little that pop up throughout the the film, ruining my mood. Yeah. Looks like your luck's changing, man. <laughs> can i read some read them out yes please do okay uh thank you everyone by the way who's written into the podcast and those who have reviewed it it's great to see more of those five star reviews pouring in on the old itunes and other places um yeah we really appreciate it it's the best way to uh keep this podcast uh, near the top above of the charts. Quentin Tarantino. Above Quentin one. Tarantino. Right now, Quentin Tarantino is smiling to himself smugly, thinking, "This purse, this listener, they're not going to five star. They're it. not going to do it. I can, I can devote the rest of my evening to my camera roll of feet pics. I can rest not a problem. easy. But you, we need you to show Quentin that in fact he can't rest easy at all. He needs to rest uneasy. And if you want to message the podcast, you can do so at Mum Can't Cook Pod at gmail.com uh yeah. we've had so many messages andy and we- quentin tarantino's probably going crikey <laughs> yeah that's his he's still in character from django unchained oh of course yes message from sandy who says as a listener who, hey sandy uh, who says as a listener who grew up watching these movies on tv in the u.s i wanted to be sure you got the full experience i'm not sure if you knew this already but on this on the disney channel this jingle would play every time before the start of the movie uh, and then huh. sandy very kindly links to the jingle and says best if Ooh. played on a kick butt video screen I don't want to tread on anyone's nostalgia, but I, I'm not sure that's very good. It's just, let's watch a Disney Channel movie to all of the different rhythms it's possible to do that to. Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. Let's watch 
a Disney Channel movie. Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Pretesh has been on saying, I have to tell you about another movie titled You Lucky Dog I accidentally watched. <laughs> oh, no. I realised halfway through that it was the wrong movie. <laughs> Pretesh continues. Sorry, Pritesh. We're not laughing at your plight, but I'm so sorry you had to watch two You Lucky Dogs. <laughs> two movies called You Lucky Dogs. <laughs> it was about a fashion designer who goes back to her hometown for her mother's funeral. How I didn't figure it out at this point is baffling to me. <laughs> says. It then follows her as she gets a dog named Lucky to be a shepherd. And then after one hour of runtime, I realised that the whole psychic connection thing hadn't <laughs> happened. <laughs> Also, the movie was really about some dog contest, but had both more sympathetic characters and more dogs than the DCOM, so it's therefore better in my book. Yeah, wow. it sounds like a great film, actually. It sounds a lot better. Is it a ho- uh, at HCOM? HCOM, yeah. yeah it's Hallmark. a Hallmark Channel original movie. Maybe we'll move on to that when we run out of, of DCOMs. Of DCOMs. We'll do some, some HCOM. We could do some HCOMs around the holiday season. Oh, I think we... Yeah, we're, well... Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's so much Christmas DCOM. So much... So much prime Christmas decom. Okay, and Morks uh, says, I am writing to say that while I enjoyed the recent You Lucky Dog-themed episode of Mum Can't Cook, I feel like very little time and appreciation is given to Kirk Cameron's ability to move at what is, frankly, an uncannily quick pace on all fours. (laughs) In particular, I want to draw attention to the moment when he is chasing the three Windsor crooks through the hallway of his home while he is possessed by Lucky. Kirk Cameron is shown following just behind Lucky as he chases them to the balcony, and in this scene we see Kirk's character moving at an extremely concerning speed screaming and gnashing his teeth like a predator it reminded me in particular of the jump scare in hereditary when the mother character <laughs> chases her griefing son through the living room oh while possessed. it's exactly that <laughs> wow yeah say what you like about kirk cameron's performance but boy can boy can yeah. that fella move on on all fours thank you very much everyone uh, for who wrote in uh yeah hit, get those five star reviews are cooking and hey if you really, really like this podcast so much that you want to wear some of it on your torso or stick some hey, of it to your laptop, we have stickers, we have t-shirts, idea. we have official Mum Can't Cook merch, and you can find to it by going to a URL, which I'm not going to share. Find it yourselves. No, maybe Andy will share it. Yeah, it's uh, com for all your Mum Can't Cook merch needs. What are we doing next time, Andy? Well, we've got another decom on the go. We, we've we're going to move into the next genre of decom that we haven't uh, we haven't touched yet, and we're going to watch a movie called Johnny Tsunami. Um, I'm going to read you the extremely brief synopsis on <laughs> Disney Plus. I'm going to read you the extremely brief script. Yeah. <laughs> go on. A, a teen surfing sensation moves from Hawaii to a tiny Vermont ski town. Mm. That's it. That's it. Echoes. It's of about sense. it's about a kid who's good at surfing, and then he moves to a place where there's snow, and he's got to learn how to snowboard instead. Yeah. So, but it's good stuff. But yeah, it's good. It's stuff. good. It's great stuff. It's a great one, actually. One of my favorite decom characters appears in it. Yeah. It's not. It's not Johnny Tsunami himself. So, uh, <laughs> unsurprisingly, it's not. Any, unsurprisingly, it's not any of the main characters. It's not the main character. It's an unrelated <laughs> side character that I focus way too much time on. <laughs> Okay, thanks for listening, folks. See you next time for more DCOM.